Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again. This week we are continuing through our series in the in the books of First and Second Thessalonians, Paul's letters uh, to the Thessalonians in our series called Upside Down, which we've taken from Acts chapter 17, where where it's spoken of when they when they uh, attack the believers there. Like these people have turned this place upside down, and um, and so that became the title of our series. And so we've now come to chapter four, in the end of of chapter four, and we come to you know a very exciting part. You know, talking about the return of the Lord, and uh, and so we're chapter four, verse thirteen through eighteen this week, and um, you know they had some questions. You know, this is what you know twenty twenty some years. You know, after the death of Jesus, that that they that Paul's writing here, and um, you know they had questions. They had questions like, "Well, you said Jesus said he's coming back soon, and he's he hasn't come back. Well, we're two thousand years after that fact, and Jesus has not yet returned. And you know, and I and there's sometimes within people they kind of get well. You know, is he going to come? You know, why hasn't he come? Is does that mean God's promises are true? And you know, there's a lot of questions, a lot of doubt. And you know, Satan uses that, of course, to rile us up. And so, you had a few takeaways from this particular thing on Sunday that that you could share with us. Yeah. So one of the first things that I would say is this: the early Christians, without question, understood and expected that Jesus was coming back and that his return was imminent. So that was one of the things we said yesterday, is that the confusion comes when you get into the question of imminent versus immediate. So a lot of the early Christians, in in, in hearing Jesus say that his return was imminent, meaning it could happen at any time, they took that to mean that it was immediate. Now, like I said, I think it's kind of hard to get down on them because they heard this and they believed it and they lived according to it. And I think that we should too. But what happens is we can get kind of jaded, like, well, it's been a while, like, and uh, you can start to be like, you know what, he hasn't come back for 2,000 years, probably not going to come back for a while. Anyway, and anyway, they were getting that same problem back then. They were like, hey, is Jesus even coming back? And it wasn't just Thessalonians. We see that like in Peter, one of his letters, he addresses the same thing. Like people are like, hey, you said the coming of the Lord is going to happen and he hasn't happened yet. And Peter's like, hey, chill out. Like a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. What he's saying there is just simply that, hey, look, the Lord counts time differently than we do and he's not slack in keeping his promises. He will come back. Now, you might ask the question, and people might ask, well, was Jesus kind of just leading them on? Was he kind of like misleading them almost into thinking that he's coming back within a couple months or years or decades, and he wasn't really even intending to do that? Um, I would say that what Jesus wanted is that he wanted, he knows our nature, right? He knows how we work. If he, if he tells people, hey, I'll be back, you guys carry out this mission, I'll be back in 2,000 years, people will be like, oh, we've got 2,000 years, like we can take our foot off the gas. And the idea of like his return being imminent, this is a thing that goes through all of Paul's letters, right? The Lord is at hand, right? the coming of the Lord, it could happen anytime, therefore live in light of the fact that the Lord could show up at any time, and you want to be found doing His work. This is a key theme in Jesus' talking. Whenever He talks, you know, He talks about uh, virgins being ready. He talked about the servants and the master goes away and could come back at an unexpected time, so make sure that you're being faithful with what you've been given. In other words, this sense of imminence and immediacy, the sense of urgency is very crucial to how Jesus wants us to live. And... Um, the fact is that his return, 
this is not a peripheral issue to Christianity. I think sometimes it's treated that way. Like people are like, oh yeah, you know, we talk about Jesus' death, Jesus' life. We talk about Jesus' resurrection. But for the early church, if you notice this, if they focused on anything uh, of, of Jesus more than anything else, they focused actually less on his death they did talk about, it. of course, it's key, his atoning death, but they talked so much about his resurrection and his return. And I think that we need to keep that in mind and we need to be balanced in the way that we think about Christianity. The gospel message isn't just what Jesus has done for us. The full gospel is what Jesus will do for us also when he returns. As I mentioned yesterday, the second coming is actually mentioned eight times more than the first coming was prophesied. It's a really big deal and is not peripheral. It wasn't peripheral to Jesus' teaching. It wasn't peripheral to the early Christians' beliefs. And, and it should be set dead center in our thinking and our hope as Christians. Um, and one of the things I said, uh, I didn't, I didn't include this in our sermon on Sunday, but I believe it's true. And I just didn't go into it because it's kind of a, I didn't want to confuse people with technical terms, especially since we were doing kind of outreach service out in the park. But I would say this: all of Christianity is eschatological. All of Christianity is eschatological. Now, sometimes when people think about eschatology, you know, they think end times, timelines, and stuff like that. And that is part of eschatology, but eschatology is bigger than that, right? Eschatology means um, the study of the things that will happen, the final things, the study of final things. And all of Christianity from Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Revelation is focused on this big plan of God that is culminating in something. And we call that something in theological terms, we call it the eschaton, which is the word means in Greek, the final event. And, um, and so eschatology is just the study of the final event, which is the return of Jesus, right? Setting things right, the new heavens, and the new earth, heaven, hell, the final judgment, all of these things. And we should be very focused on that because all of Christianity in a way, the very hope that we have is eschatological in nature. Jesus is an eschatological savior. Our hope is an eschatological hope. Totally. And I think one of the words I picked up on there when you were talking is the, the urgency. And I think for, for them, one of the Paul, things Paul had to write to them about was they had lost their urgency, not for necessarily the, the return of Christ, but for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus is, uh, you know, his, his return is eminent. We need to have an urgency about the things that are important. And for us as Christians, that's, that's the gospel, living a life of urgency that, that, yes, Jesus could return any time. And we need to proclaim the message, you know, of good news to, to the, all the people that we come in contact. And that's not necessarily just become complacent in our, in our lives, which is easy. You know, we go week in and week out, day after day. We do the same things over and over again. We go to school. We go to work. We take our kids, you know. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it le- lends itself to complacency. And, and I think one of the biggest takeaways, of course, is that idea of urgency, that, mm-hmm. that urgency of the gospel, eminence creates that mm-hmm. urgency in us. Now, of course— one of the words in this particular chapter is that, you know, um, then when we who, who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And that's kind of where we, we get the idea of rapture uh, from. And so you had a few thoughts on that as well. Yeah. So the word rapture, of course, not found in our Bibles because we're reading in English. But if we're reading in Latin, then the word would be there because, um, you know, it's just it, to, to give a title to a doctrine. It just sounds better to call it the doctrine 
doctrine of the rapture as opposed to the doctrine of the catching up or the snatching up or whatever you say. Here's the thing I would say about this. Sometimes people are like, hey, I believe in the rapture. I don't believe in the rapture. I got to be really clear. If you're a Christian and you believe the Bible, you better believe in the rapture because it's in there. And it's not just in there once. Like Jesus said, he's going to come and take us to where he is. In other words, all Christians... Like Orthodox Christian belief believes in the rapture. The question is, when will that rapture take place? And that is really the subject of a lot of intramural debates amongst Christians. I say intramural because they're friendly. They should be friendly discussions. They're not always friendly discussions, right? Um, but they should be. Like um, these ver this verse right here doesn't so much give us a timeline that answers those questions. But what it does, it tells us that there will be people who are alive when Jesus returns, and they will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Um, and to believe the Bible straightforwardly is to believe that. And again, we call that the rapture because in Latin, that's the word rapio, which which from where we get our word rapture, it just means to be caught up. Mm -hmm, totally. And I think it just it just it uh, sends itself back into the idea of eminence yeah. and, and and that eschatology that we've been we've been talking about. And I think that's the most important takeaway is that we need to le live a life that you know, worthy of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And so great, great thoughts on that. And if you missed our sermon on Sunday, you will catch it at whitefieldschurch.com and you can download it from there. Uh, of course, we're on Spotify and also where Google Play. Um, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts as well. So we're all over the place, Facebook and uh, Instagram. And you can send your uh, questions in, your comments, uh, listen to the podcast, subscribe, YouTube, ring that bell and you'll get notifications every time we put up a new video. So it's great to have you with us this week. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless.